Wow, what the fuck? And we got our we got our cold open. All right, good. Oh, good. by the way, Jesus Christ, now. <laughs> Welcome to Keyframes, a podcast about anime. I'm your host, Ben Halliburton, and with me today is Andy. Hiya! Duncan. Hey there. Jeff. Hello! And John. Huh. <laughs> this is our 46th episode, counting by the Gregorian system, and in it we're going to be talking about Dororo. Dororo? There we go. Dororo. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that time I was reincarnated as a slime, mysterious girlfriend X, and high score girl, specifically the extra stage episodes as they're called uh, we'll start with the one that i refuse to know anything about dororo and uh, why don't y'all take it away from me please uh so dororo is a remake of the first series in the like what was it, it was like the masterpiece theater of anime basically starting in the in the 60s based on a tezuka manga uh it's a bunch of ghost stories where most of the stories end with and then the good guy kills the bad guy but it's 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 tezuka's specific kind of darkness where like awful awful painful shit happens but then good triumphs in the end i think we learned from uh hinotori <laughs> i yeah i mean i've been absolutely adoring this series practically from the off would you cause... say you were adoring it Mm. <laughs> yes oh man no. that felt real good i'm sorry okay let's yeah go. yeah no i love that that's good uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> hey fuck you you have to be excited you're the horse shittiest person on this podcast <laughs> I uh yeah i i fucking adore this anime um i just there's so much to uh take in i don't know from a visual perspective just the combat is beautiful. The art mm-hmm. is wonderful. The like, and then story perspective, it, it's got this sort of weird, like this storytelling that you don't really see that often, but it's very, I think, very traditionally Tezuka, and maybe that that style of storytelling, like old Japanese style of storytelling, kind of reminds me of Princess Kaguya as well. In that, it's sort of like it already kind of shows you what's going to happen, and the story is under no pretense that you don't know what's going to happen but it's just that journey of you getting there i just find beautiful and i absolutely adore like the latest episode was the episode for me i don't know then then probably is another one out but the other son of the so basically there's this giant japanese uh warlord or feudal lord uh and daimyo or whatever Mm-hmm. Daimyo, yeah, I can. I never remember what the right thing to say is, but he has two sons. The first son, uh, as we talked earlier on the series, is about had was born with uh, no eyes, no mouth, no teeth, no ears, uh, no skin, and... no anything basically besides yeah. just like being a lump of flesh. Basically, yeah, yeah. yeah he was a uh, torso without flesh. <laughs> yeah, and then and then he was set out to sea. He survived. He can see Kishin or. Um, Evil people, like evil spirits, and uh, he kills evil them. And people, he, evil people. Well, because he he can when see good pe- people too. 
Yeah. You can, you, see... you can see people's souls, basically. Oh, I yeah. see. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, he just and yeah, uh, called, he's called Hyakimaru, which is a clever name because Hyaki means a hundred and Maru means it's sort of like a circle. And uh, so it's basically saying that he's going to be continuously killing shit. And so he goes out on a pilgrimage to find demons to every because every time he kills a demon, who uh, he gets a bit of his body back. Um, it's like a really and you know the the thing that I always am surprised with is the sounds that they use to um to represent sort of danger or foreboding danger. It's always sort of like mm-hmm. a slow taiko drum rhythm which is very traditional, and then mm-hmm. it sort of builds up and up and up into a crescendo before the final fight. And I would like to say that, I don't know, I, it feels like it's unique every time, but it's not. It's just very well directed to make it feel like it's unique every time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the the soundtrack is phenomenal. Like, it blends perfectly into the action. And, I mean, if you, you could... You could tell me that it was actually orchestral and not just, like, done on a, a soundboard. I couldn't tell you for sure, but there are moments where it, it rises and falls and it's really, really good. Yeah, and it really it really nicely uh, marries up the combat and the visuals with everything mm-hmm. else. Um, and, you know, like you said, it's sort of like you can... It, it feels very modular in that you can watch an episode and not really know, care about the previous ones. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think that even as a continuous sort of uh, show that as Dororo evolves, he sees more of the world, he sees more of people suffering. And then as he is experiencing more, he is literally being more of a person and he's getting emotions and he's sort of evolving. And I think it's not a story that is maybe, it's a story that's been done loads of times, but I think just the way that it's done and the visual representation of sort of him regaining his body parts as well Mm -hmm. as sort of, the other representation of other people losing body parts as well, like I just think is really, really clever, really beautiful. Um, Andy, uh, you were talking. I think you were m- meant to be talking about Haki Maru then, not not Dororo. Because um, obviously, because yeah. what 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 <laughs> what I was wondering is Halo is a cool guy. He kills the aliens and isn't afraid of oh, anything. No. Yeah. But I what, love Zelda. He's so cool with his sword. <laughs> indeed. But do you think the actual character called Dororo has actually shown any growth? Because obviously, uh, think... it's 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 obvious with Hakimaru because he's gaining parts back. You see it visually. There's a big animation every time it happens. But with Dororo himself, he's he obviously starts out as this like bratty little kid who's just like, yeah, I'm in your face. I'm a naughty <laughs> yeah, kid. Like... I'm good. Yeah. Doro is like primarily the audience perspective character. They're yeah. not really there. The uh, the as they're going forward, like they've sort of started revealing more of their history. Mm-hmm. Um, the last couple of episodes, they're going into his past and like his father, who was a a bandit who exclusively targeted samurai, and then his like right hand man basically said, you know, oh our our group has gotten big enough that the the samurai will take us seriously and will give us a position, and then. You know, his father was too angry at the samurai still because something that's really interesting about the show, they, you know, there's a lot of sort of ghost stories, but the like, that's only about half the story. The other half is what it's like to live under the, uh, I think, I think it's supposed to take place in the Sengoku period, like the, like the warring states period, Mm -hmm. but 
Like the like the, the big conceit of the show is that Lord Diego traded his you know traded you know the body of his son for peace and prosperity for his land and for most of the show they're traveling through like war-torn sort of neighboring territories of this lord daigo's state and everything is terrible like everybody's starving everybody's getting you know killed everybody's getting like eaten by horrible ghouls and then they actually get to this guy's land and it's peaceful people have enough to eat and so it really sort of plays into you know Lord Daigo and you know in the, in the first episode is very obviously like oh I'm the I'm the evil guy you know he's just like the cartoon villain but it sort of shows what you know this is you know this is the result you know it, is you know is it maybe worth the you know the body of one child to bring prosperity to the land and so there's like a a nice sort of playing with the gray area in there yeah i mean and sorry what was i talking about uh, talking about oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so the uh they're looking at doro's past like basically they're going from village to village you know seeing the samurai you know torching villages because it's in the way of the armies and everything else like that and that's why doro's father was you know had such a hate on for uh for the samurai and then later on they you know they come in contact with the uh the right hand man after he betrayed his father and you know he's living a comfortable life and he's you know you know working for the for the samurai and so that it sort of plays with the idea of you know what is the you know what is honor and what is you know revenge worth in the face of war like is you know is is war the ultimate evil or are these like demons worse, which is, you know, how Daigo bought the piece that he's got. Mm. Yeah. And that, they... also, I mean that, sorry, that's that whole flashback is beautiful because mm-hmm. only it's all black and white apart from splashes of red, just to yeah. really highlight the flower that his mum died in the flower field that his mum died in, which I thought was really uh, mm-hmm. it's, it was good. It I was a nice the, touch. The Schindler's List color palette, basically. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. Yeah, like there was like blood, fire, and sepia tones, and that was about it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they also had an episode, as Andy was talking about earlier, about uh, about Daigo's son um, and him sort of trying to live up to his father's uh, uh, sort of standard, but actually by killing the demons, actually further causing the ruin to come to the land which is mm-hmm. kind of interesting like he's he's setting himself <clears throat> up to be like oh this is the foil to Hakimaru because he's like he wants to be like his dad he's he would mm. fully accept the this um sacrifice which has been made but i think what they're setting him up as someone who's never had to sacrifice anything like mm-hmm. who who's just had everything, who may be skilled, who may be talented, but who's never had to give up much to get there. Whereas um, his father, obviously, he made a choice to give up something very significant. Um, and uh, Hekimu himself didn't have any choice in what he gave up. He he, he had uh, he had to... He was made to sacrifice things. Things were sacrificed before he even had any will and so it's interesting to see how these three people who have had um come into their power or skill or whatever in different ways mm-hmm. yeah tahomaru the the younger brother of uh, hakimaru he he gets like 
again, like, you know, if it was a lesser show, he would just be like the bratty, snotty, you know, prince who's had everything handed to him. But he has like, he, you know, he has an actual nobility to him. His like his underlings are genuinely loyal to him and he has a genuine uh a genuine love of his own people to the point where yeah. he is, you know, he he volunteers to go out and fight the monster. He nearly has to sacrifice one of his uh, his followers who, you know, very willingly, you know, bas- literally jumps into the jaws of the beast to save his lord. And it's only thanks to Hakimaru sort of showing up out of nowhere to to save him. And before, you know, Tahumaru really has an idea of, you know, what is actually at stake. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's it's really good, and it just also then just showed the latent power levels between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Although to be fair, Hyakimaru only really understands how to kill monsters. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and and he like and that's uh, sort of like a crisis point. You know, he's been training his whole life, but he's never had any difficulty. And the mm-hmm. you know he actually says that you know nobody can beat me at the the dojo, but an actual battlefield is completely different. And he's you know he's jealous of Hakimaru, and even though they're telling him like you know he is like a you know a limbless freak, he's just you know he fights monsters. That's what he is. Like you have to be more than that. I he can afford to just do that. Yeah, I try. I think I've spoken about this before. But I find the monster fights in Dororo a bit disappointing because like when you saw the 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 younger brother fighting them, he actually had like had to come up with a plan to make up for the fact that he's not a superhumanly fast swordsman. Actually, had to yeah. sort of trap it and. Uh, use its strengths against it, but all Hakimu does is like, ah, I've got two swords for arms, yay, slicey, slicey. Yeah, yeah. For that, I mean, for the most part, it's like the fights aren't really the point, and yeah, they're kind yeah. of they're kind of refreshingly like short too. So like, usually, you know, there's some kind of ghost story going on. Like, you know, there's a you know there's a monster, and the villagers are trying to survive under it, and then you know you learn a a lesson about life and then Hakimaru kills the monster at the end. And like the like they you know they had to get a little bit more clever the the one where they had to you know there was the ash cloud that would descend on a town and they would offer it a bride to make it go away and they had to get a little bit more clever with that but yeah for the most part you know once Hakimaru is able to get his hands on or get his sword hands on the monster that's that pretty much. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's um, I mean, like, I this was like my most anticipated anime because I really like the direction uh, that some of the previous works the director's done. Uh, it's principally uh, uh, Gundam Unicorn and uh, uh, Trust and Betrayal of uh, Roroni Kenshin. And like in both those, he, he, he very much has well-matched opponents fighting each other not necessarily um like this person versus a thing and i don't know it's like the 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 fight i enjoyed most was him just going a bit nuts and cutting up some bandits out out of grief um just because the camera moved around so much and it was just so dynamic whereas the the monsters are just a bit lumbering and a bit silly looking and that i i don't know i if i can say i found any of them really threatening no, but I, I don't. I don't think they are meant to be threatening. I think that, uh, like, I, I think that the whole the the main threat are the humans, not the monsters. And I think mm-hmm. that that is okay. that's, that's, that's been fairly. pretty solid. Uh, a pretty solid theme throughout. 
uh, Dororo is pretty handy at, at offing a monster, but then as soon as it becomes to any diplomatics or any politics, that's when he is at a, you know, he's short and he's stuck and he relies on Dororo to try and get his way out of them. Um, like the the only the, the only time, well, one of the only, the first time you see uh, Dororo like being... Um, being stuck and being caught by the monster is the monster that disguised himself as a human. Uh, and then they're all like, no, you can't kill that, that's a human. But obviously Dororo knew differently, you knew differently, but they just, I don't know, goes to show that humans at the end of the day are yeah. the true enemy. Like, <laughs> I think the standout episode... Monster is the true human. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I was going to say, like for me, the standout episode was the the very cliched possessed store, sword episode. Like, so, you know, mm. like that's, mm. that's, a, that's a trope which gets used. Like, oh, yes, this sword thirsts for blood and it drives its wielder to madness. But it, they actually handled that in a a good way with like having a soldier who sort of had been forced to become a, an executioner for his lord and how he'd sort of become so guilt-ridden and he just essentially decided well I, I don't care anymore this, it's better for me to be this killer than to actually return to who I was and accept the horrible things I've done just it's this like oblivion of self and in yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's it's it does have some some very good stuff outside the uh, the action, but yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what how it uh, how it develops as the it rolls on into an, another core and comes mm-hmm. to its its end. And what I should you... just say the only the only downside I have, I mean, I love the visual style, but I do wish there was a tiny bit more Tesco tinge to it. Uh, yeah, I like every it. now and then you'll see a guy who like looks just Tesco as fuck, but for the most part, he <laughs> just looks like anime people yeah Yeah, i was gonna ask if they have the big nose guy which is in all of his stuff i mean i imagine the big nose guy is the uh he's usually the helper isn't he so i imagine he's the prosthetic limb guy who builds all dorado's body Mm -hmm. but he doesn't have a big nose he's just a big guy uh so yeah it's um i don't i don't think he's going to exist unfortunately (laughs) well i mean like that's I remember that that was, <laughs> with a few small exceptions when it came to Hinotori, which is the last thing by Tezuka or Tezuka adjacent that I saw, like the big nose guy was one of just a few people that was just like weirdly Tezuka in what was otherwise trying to be a fairly serious anime. That mm-hmm. and the weird like fat flaps jowl guy, which <laughs> haunts my dreams. Yeah, <laughs> to be honest. The, even within that 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 series of things, the uh, the style changed quite quite a lot Doro's not far off the um demon shrine episode you know the like the the one where they have a there's a shrine and uh this they're sort of stuck in a time loop because of yeah the, and the, like the, the style in there is, is quite similar like so there's a scope around adapting his works to take on a more realistic and less um iconified style what did you guys think of the spider lady episode so i thought yeah. that one kind of stuck out as being maybe kind of weird considering the the themes that they were dealing with so like there I mean, was like i think oh, the main sorry the main theme that i think they were dealing with was you had dororo understanding kakimaru's vision and why he tried to attack her and then also the concept of like what is good what is evil like obviously you know the the massive evil the 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 fucking demon the not demon but the monster who came in with the giant head and the lamp and was just and dorado was like fucking kill this thing he's weird and he's trying to kill me i mean it's a 
it's a told tale, like I said, but it's the whole vision of it's the whole thing of from Dorado's point of view, what is good and what is bad isn't not necessarily what Hyakumaru sees and I think that was sort of the main crux of that episode. So actually I meant the other Spider Lady episode where <laughs> oh, there's dear. like there's a there's a village and people are being kidnapped and there's like a, a spider monster who will like snatch people up and like drink most of their essence and you know Doro catches her in like the first five minutes of the show and she scuttles off and shacks up with this guy who like takes care of her and oh, like feeds amazing. her like feeds her rice and then it turns out that you know everybody assumes that oh it's the spider lady who's the kidnapper but it's actually this guy who's helping villagers escape from the village because the lord has basically locked them in so that they can work in the mine and there he's like basically working the whole town to death and this guy has been smuggling people out and he's sort of like realizes that she's a monster and tries to help her escape and and all that and like it it just kind of struck me as that they were told they took the subtext of the show and just made it text for one episode and then just kind of went back to doing what they were doing before yeah i don't i don't really have many many thoughts of that episode to be honest i've completely forgotten that it even existed (laughs) yeah obviously I mean, the the thing in that episode is you've obviously got the, the spider lady taking uh, something from people and then sort of uh, being sort of vilified for it, whereas you've got the Lord exploiting people in the open and sort of just people accepting that is the, the way of the thing. And it's sort of putting like the way society works into a monstrous form and asking us to uh, evaluate our assumptions about should this be okay is should this be the way the world works and so that's quite interesting but uh, yeah that t- i mean that's yeah it's kind of what the whole show is doing <laughs> yeah as you say it was like a particularly um a crystallized episode mm-hmm. yeah good shit let's <laughs> move on well speaking of the opposite of crystallized let's talk about slime <laughs> Pow. Boom. Wow. Yeah, thank, thank you, Andy. Transition always, always open to life. So, for all intents and purposes, uh, the first two core of uh, sl- that time I was reincarnated as a Slimer over. And if y'all will indulge me in a little rant, and then I would be happy to be told what's wrong. Um, I I think that as the Anime News Network also accused uh, the show of in its uh, This Week in Anime. I think the show's kind of gone back on its promise or become a lot more conventional. Um, Because, I don't know, as it moved into its second core, uh, we have the orc invasion, which gets resolved by Rimuru just eating a huge demon-powered orc alive. Um, And to counterpoint those, those fight scenes, we have scenes of political intrigue that largely involve people talking in rooms about names that we've never heard before in as vague a way as possible. Um, and I was kind of feeling that the weirdness of the show had gone away. Cause like it opens with uh, a man uh, dying fairly graphically in terms of his thought process and experiences of dying and being reborn as a blind slime in a cave and befriending an imprisoned dragon and mediating a war between goblins and wolves. And I was like, Oh, it's gotten normal. And that's why I, that's why I don't like it anymore. Um, but I quickly realized that I was wrong and that the show is still extremely weird in terms of its setting, where it's got Pegasus Knights and 
weird politicking clowns and unicorn wolves and flying sharks and like a world destroying monster that's made out of like the cast off magical essence of said imprisoned dragon and i think that's actually the the world is still very weird and that's why i keep watching it but the plot is really conventional at this point it's almost like overlord for people who don't want to cheer for a bad guy um and it's like slime clearly seems to know that because their number one joke is people being like wow Rimuru, you'd be really evil if you weren't so nice and he's like yep yeah, that's me i'm not a bad slime um and it's kind of got this shonen-esque rhythm of meet defeat be sweet where like everyone that Rimuru meets ends up being his friend and helping him and his stuff and no one's ever like this guy's an asshole i'm not going to help him um and he's smiling the whole time as they pointed out in the anime news network article of like yeah he even his hardest fights he's always just kind of got this placid uh almost even cheerful smile and so i guess like what i've realized with slime is that i i wanted rimuru to hack a fantasy rpg to turn it into a town building sim and said <laughs> rimuru hacked an rpg to turn it into a hacked rpg where he's super duper powerful and has a million different abilities and i feel like the story doesn't have any progression anymore because He's one of the most powerful beings in the world, just shy of a demon lord, and he has built this empire that has no enemies, uh, at least none that they've met yet. Of course, the OP promises, like, all those people wreathed in flame will come and try to fuck their shit up. But otherwise, it's just kind of, it's a lot safer than I expected, and I expected, I didn't expect that since it's, you know, about that time I got reincarnated as a slime in a fantasy RPG. So, I don't know. Who else has been watching the show? I mean, I've been watching it as well, and I, I think you have a point that like they build up uh, the the demon lords in particular, and I was like, oh, these are like the most powerful people in the the land. And then they show up, and he's met free so far, and he's friends with all of them basically. Yeah, I don't even really understand how he befriended the fa- the fairy lady. Like he like just talked to her for a bit, and now she's his friend. I think the the idea is like she's the, the she seems to be she like just a lonely idiot. Yeah, <laughs> just like she- I liked her. I liked her performance. I thought she was funny. I'm just like mm-hmm. I would like this character a lot better if they weren't also like one of the ten beings that are the are the arbiters of power in this world. Uh, it yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, it's it's like as you say, it's she she doesn't have much going for her as a, a character within a narrative apart from that, that performance. Like she she appears. Um, she helps him she's solve a problem he had and yeah that's it her her appearance is is just to help him solve a problem and that's about it um it's like what what does she want (laughs) apart from her golem repaired and upgraded this golem she spent like hundreds of thousands of years because rimu rimu immediately destroys it when he meets it and immediately rebuilds it better which uh, yeah, and then we'll tell, be told about that in another episode. They say that like <laughs> three times in that episode. It's like, and then this happened, but we'll tell you about that another time. I'm just like, okay, fine. Why do you even bother mentioning it then? Like, I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I think that's also a problem of, and I, I imagine this will be where you'll weigh in, John, because I remember you were actually interested in the manga originally, and you're probably the biggest booster of the show on this panel. But I oh. think it's like the incredible speed that they're chewing through stuff in the second core made me really surprised that there's going to be another, at least one more season of of Slime. Because like uh, Charybdis lasted an episode and that was wild to me because like this is a cataclysm level monster 
And like from that point onward, like every single problem that the characters encountered lasted exactly one episode. And I think I would probably have turned on this less hard if like I had to like wait between episodes to see how a problem was solved as opposed to. I mean, that's not really uh, true though, because the stuff with the kids lasted like three or four episodes. How long does that last in, last in the manga? Do you know? Nope. Okay. Duh, the stuff I have read is not that far. I only read the physical volumes, and it stopped before the Carabis shit. So. Okay. So yeah, I mean, well, the kids lasted two and a half episodes, and uh, one, the it? first it felt like yeah. a lot longer. It felt like three or four. <laughs> I literally just watched it two hours ago, so <laughs> I can assure you uh, that yeah. I, and I did like that. I also, but then again, I was already like nursing a grudge because, because uh, left his like mass, massive force empire to go be a Harry Potter school teacher for like <laughs> two episodes, and that felt weird. And it, the, the thing is, it's actually closer to what I want this show to be about. I like the idea of someone who is reborn in a different world with more power and decides to use that power to like stop people from being reborn in this world and like having their lives destroyed or turned upside down because of it. Um, but well, I, the show's only intermittently about that when it's not about the power fantasy of how being really nice means that everyone will be nice to you in return. But I didn't really understand like that. The conclusion that they came to was that these kids have got these spirits that are greater than the energy that they energy levels that a kid should normally have, so that it's going to destroy them by the time they're like 13 or something. But I didn't really understand the conclusion, which was, well, if we just put a, a bigger spirit in it, then it'll be fine. But isn't the, isn't no, that... that... No, the, they have a lot of power. They don't have a spirit in them. They just have a lot of overflowing magical energy. And the their act, bodies the are act too of bringing young. them over gives them, more, gives them all this power that they can't bleed off. And their bodies are right. too young and immature to deal with it, so they put the spirit in to help manage it. Yeah. So then the spirit's just going to fuck off at some point, or is it going to be like Ifrit and just take over their body forever until... <laughs> I don't know. It depends on if it's a good spirit or a bad spirit. I'm assuming yeah. that they're all going to be good because Rimuru helped them, except for the one in the one kid, because obviously the fairy girl was all fucking freaked out. Because she got pres- was, possessed I, by the the spirit of Rimuru's future wife. Which... I don't know. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> don't think about it too much. It You're right. Stupid me. Yeah. I'm glad they got yeah. saved. I mean, that's... So, like, I... we've We've had, like, a lot of conversations about how, like, that time I got reincarnated as a slime is the Steven universe of anime. And in some ways that's what I want to like about it is that it is about like being kind hearted, meaning well, being honest to people is a greater power than, um, than people take into account. And Steven universe, it's this boy who's half a gem who are revealed to be these, these weird inscrutable imperialist aliens and half human. And he's just kind of like, believes in the goodness of people and always appeals to that in them and that like helps him get out of situations but also sometimes puts him in harder situations and i i feel like slime has the same thing where like rimuru is extremely like generous and patient and honest and people always tune into that and he never really like tries to like win someone over to his side and fails um and on the other hand like people who are selfish or greedy or cruel it may help them in the short term but in the long term um they ultimately fail and so it's kind of like this argument that like if nice people are just given power then they'll make the world a better place it's like kind of a backdoor philosopher king argument 
Um, but just the fact that there is no failure in this as opposed to Steven Universe and that Rimuru um, is always able to, if he can't talk people around, defeat them, um, kind of makes it less a argument that like kindness and generosity are more powerful than you think and more just a power fantasy where kindness and generosity are the most powerful things in the world. It, yeah, I... I am still going to keep watching this to see where it goes, but it's definitely, I think, fallen into the trap of power fantasies that Isekai often are. Mm. Because, like, every time Rimuru faces an enemy, he gets some of their power, and so he's just going to keep up with the power curve, and it's virtually a shonen like, dynamic at this point. I only really had two things to say in response to all your shit, and one is, I'm sorry, shit's not the right word, because you're right, <laughs> I just don't fucking care like it, i mean that's fine like uh, it's I like liked i said it. it's positive it's very comfortable to watch and the other thing is uh i forgot the other thing shit <laughs> yep carry on my stuff is shit yeah no <laughs> <laughs> no i mean like that's the thing it's like i oh oh, oh. wait nope hold on i got it okay yeah i got it so other, you said other isekai are also just these blatant power fantasies i think the difference is that slime the opposing forces are never presented as truly evil except for you know the conniving clown troop whatever the fuck they're who could who could be deleted from the show very easily so i assume they're going to pay off later because they must i don't know but like the orcs are desperate for food they're not truly evil the wolves are i mean they might i don't know the wolves are fucking animals uh the goblins (laughs) whatever fucking animals you know i mean you know what i mean like there's no there's no none of the powers in the show are bad except for the clown troop and like you said they're they've been utterly irrelevant to the events so far other than the fact that one of the demon lords made the orc army by manipulating them but that's where it falls that's where it sep- it is separate from the usual power fantasy isekai because they're always fighting bad guys you know like no just legit bad guys and I, and i and i like that it's a power fantasy where everyone is is nice deep down and you can just like reach them somehow and like like he just wants to feed his people and so like if you explain like yo dude this isn't sustainable and you're going to be hurting people and he's like yeah i just want to feed my people and he's like well we'll we'll take care of your people so die now um <laughs> uh like yes. i like that it just it just the execution and especially just like i think the character like rimuru's placid rational cheerful like it, it just rubs me the wrong way he doesn't seem to ever like doubt himself or suffer or be scared He's always just like, dang, we'll figure it out somehow. And it, it bothers me because like, at least in the real world, and I had this actually, this conversation with a friend about Steven Universe. In the real world, like, it is difficult to be kind to the people who mean you harm. And yeah. that is why a lot of people are not kind is because it's making yourself vulnerable. And the fact is that Rina Room is never vulnerable, so I don't connect with him and therefore i don't give a shit about him building his perfect little empire sure that is my, and i think that we is talked my about argument. this the first time we talked about slime was this exact thing i don't remember who brought it up i don't think it was you at the time funnily enough but the, my argument back then and i still hold i still would say it now is that it's valuable to have a show like this because there's really not a show like this like an anime like this that i can think of anyway where just everybody's nice and sure they have conflicts but they deal with it and I don't know. It's just. It's I mean, we good. have those anime, but they're slice of life anime. Right. They're uh, Minami K or something. Right. I should have said Isekai specifically, I guess. I don't know. Or or big fantasy bullshit show. I don't know. I mean, like, one thing you can see about the show so far is that Rimuru has mostly solved problems by giving people what they want. 
and mm-hmm. at some point he'll probably face someone who their wants will uh, tran- will be the opposite of what everyone else does and yeah it's that's like, a weird clown group whatever we'll see what happens there. yeah yeah <laughs> and the, like with the as you say it's that they have foreshadowing with the golem for instance like um what happens when you give someone something that they really want but it ends up causing uh problems for other people and like i think maybe Ben's issues will be resolved in the fullness of time, but like I'm not, him... I'm not optimistic. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm that's perhaps the difference. I'm optimistic that they will, you, you think, and no, it's not, it's not really interested enough in it to actually make the effort to build the narrative to, to fix those issues. But I don't think it'll do it, and I think that's fine. I mean, they've, they've already, like the, uh, the big... The big bad, the demon, the demon king, almost. That is, it, what's his name? Uh, Leon, oh, isn't it? Leon, yeah, Leon, Leon. Is, Leon the, yeah. is the is the evil demon king, as opposed to like Lord Carrion, who Carrion. showed up, <laughs> and it, and he was like, I'm he was sorry. instantly I'm friendly. Sorry for my fucking subordinate. He's a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 he's like, well, if you want to apologize to me, you can just agree to a non-agreement pack. And he's like, yeah, that sounds rad. I would have suggested that anyway. That's like <laughs> the kind of thing that gets under my skin about slime. Although, again. It's I can understand, especially if you consume more isekai than me, being like, oh, cool. Like, Carrion's not going to be like the bad guy for the next five episodes and then get defeated. Yeah. Like, he's actually just going to be like, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm and you know what's out. funny? Like, I have not, like I said, I haven't read up to the character's arc in uh, the manga. But one thing that did happen, remember when uh, Rumor was just reaching the city and there's a big fucking dragon. And he just goes and kills it. Just like he just fucking snaps his finger, yeah. basically. Yeah. Uh, that merchant that he saves apparently in the manga and i assume the light novel as well was shown to be trying to protect like a little girl or something using his own body against the dragon and that's like that like shows that he's a good person which is why when rimuru goes to see him like in the anime it kind of feels like maybe he's going to try to take advantage of rimuru in some way he but, seems sketchy it's very weird right 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 <laughs> they present him as sketchy but in the manga i guess he's just straight up presented as a good guy which is a weird sort of after effect of skipping content i guess yeah man they've been apparently they've been tearing through this and people have been like what's going on i think they're trying to do like the full run (laughs) and then who knows what happens next yeah they might go back to this stuff where they were like oh and then other adventures happened later (laughs) in the in the new season great great because that's one thing i loved about episode 24 was just i fucking didn't even finish 24 because i just didn't care (laughs) it was so weird because because okay so listeners at the end of episode 23 it just cuts from like rumor doing some stuff to like, and obviously like fire eyes with like yellow lines through them. And he's got like black hair and dressed like a, dressed like a vampire. Um, <laughs> and, and he's like holding a glass orb and he's like, yes, this is awesome. What a, what I, it's him again. And he's got that mask. Um, and then the next episode, just like, <laughs> who is this guy? <laughs> Flashback <laughs> 10 years ago. I just, why I, should we care? Yeah. I, I started watching. I got like five minutes and I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't feel like watching anime right now. It's it's got not a bad twist, but it, it is just like like it's it is a it is a episode that involves interactions between someone who is dead, who has been dead since like episode five or six, and some guy who we don't even know and who doesn't even have a name because monsters don't have names in this setting. So well, no, he does. He's called Black. <laughs> yes, that's true, and he actually is called Noir. But he goes by Kuro. 
which is black and Japanese. Which, did, did anybody else notice that he introduced himself as Kuro and then the translation just changed it? Like, they wrote it as Kuro in the tr- subs and then changed it to black. Translations, just yeah, like, it's, a, it's a lost art. <laughs> this is terrible translations, I hate, I hate the professional subtitle writers are just phoning it in. Well, they have to. With Crunchy, like, their whole thing is, like, same-day translations. So it was interesting to, like... We'll be covering this in a bit, obviously, but like High Score Girl, like actually has a professional translator with like a, a page and a CV and stuff. Um, mm. Well, my question which is, is like, if, if Crunchyroll has all these fucking deals, why don't they get the content earlier so they can translate well, they do. sooner? They but do, but there. even then, it's not enough. Right, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Just like, and even then, there's no quality control. They don't. I get, I get yeah. the impression that they don't ever right. really. There's typos check all the time. It. There's just. Like it's just bad. It's probably just you know a bunch of it's probably a bunch of guys at home who just fucking do a one pass of the. I'm a hundred percent positive that these are not professional translators or localizers. These are just people paid to do it. No, they're paid. They're paid. They're paid fifteen dollars an hour to like translate, and they paid six hours in a week at fifteen dollars an hour to translate. So that they're. I don't think it's fair to compare high school girl and. uh, most Crunchyroll's output, though, because one's a similar cast and one's not. If you've got yeah. all the time in the world That's to true. translate and make sure something's full of errors, then, yeah, you can do that. But if yeah, you have but... to get something out within one day, otherwise you lose relevance to people who translate it and put out uh, pirated copies, then you're going to have to... Uh, Prioritize but, speed over I mean, accuracy. That's, that's, that's a problem in in the games industry too. Of where like people are like, oh, this modder did this. Why can't game developers do that? It's like because this modder is working in their free time mm-hmm. with no <laughs> deadline, and a game dev um, is often crunching eighty hours a week. To yeah, okay, dragging it back to slime for a second. No, um, no, no, real quick. Just before we move away from slime, I just want to say like, what's up with Melim? I don't know. Whatever. Like what? What can we oh, do about the Melim problem? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like the stupid, f- dumb food baby thing. It just amuses me, but I... I mean, I like it too, but if she wasn't the most powerful person in the world, like one of the most powerful people in the world, and also like has severe daddy issues with a blob of slime... <laughs> no, like, they're I don't best know. friends. Come on. We're... They're the best besties, friends. yeah. Uh, besties. Uh, <laughs> because he fed her honey. Because he fed her honey. But it was, yeah. it was super Get pure honey. It was like... Gonna yeah. go walk into the Mississippi River, let it take okay, me out of the sea. Okay, percent pure honey yeah her Instead, and her just like, like right, explain yourselves explain yourselves <laughs> i can't so what he is needs, this? so he runs into this so he runs into this girl and his subordinates fighter and she's really really powerful and he's like oh shit she's a demon lord and then he like feeds her some honey that he's been keeping inside his like gross slime body <laughs> uh, <laughs> and she like instantly Sexy goes like, like body that he yeah. wants, she wants to be absorbed by <laughs> yeah and she, she instantly like it's like the melty mouth that like sometimes like little girl and, characters like, do in anime eyes, like yeah yeah and like mm, has her hands on the sides of her heads and like gets all wobbly and then he's like i want to be your friend she's like i want to be your friend too um and his advisors are like oh she's like a demon lord and they're like really like infighty and political like they won't like that that you've allied with one which has not paid off <laughs> yeah. at all um in fact she's she's like made things easier for him because fairy in the dungeon was like oh yeah milan came and talked to me about how your besties now so we're cool uh <laughs> But, um, but yeah, she dresses like if you gave someone like a closet of a uh, adult performer and said, "You need to go to war in this outfit." So like, find 
find the most battle ready pieces of clothing in this person's wardrobe and go on. So she like wears a thong and booty shorts and like with, oh, with that with that. And then later she has on like a like a schoolgirl esque uniform and it it looks good. And then yeah. she tears it off to fight. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that, was, like, that was the uh, biggest laugh that I got in the second core was when she's just like, Yeah and she's like tearing off this like long skirted schoolgirl <laughs> outfit. And she's just like got her like iron gauntlets and her like her like tube top and thong underneath and Honestly fuck. if she just had pants, uh, I'd be fine with it. Like just wear some pants. I mean, there needs to be like a, a project of just like drawing <laughs> pants on on girls in fantasy anime and I like do the, the I like that at the beginning of the series, he talks about how he fantasizes about like elves and shit. And then an actual sort of like dumb fucking male fantasy anime character comes up and he has like no reaction. No, he's he's creeped out by her because when she's like, oh, Rimuru, uh, and, and he's like, they're like, pit, like what they make in anime. <laughs> Where he like, he like looks aside and like makes like a spinning motion, which is like onomatopoeia for like being like grossed out and inconvenienced by someone <laughs> like he doesn't like her well, he doesn't like, she's, like because she's physically 12 yeah. and also but not not the way she looks like mm. isn't um well, he's, got, he's, got his, heard, he's got his but... he's got his boob shelf now andy so he doesn't need oh, like, yeah, those, those mundane girls i may have misheard <laughs> but doesn't she say like she's hot uh, like half dragon or something at, at some point. And so when you that, talk about uh, daddy issues, the the fact that she Rimuru is essentially getting all of his powers from a, a dragon probably is a can oh, be that's a creepy, law, Duncan. It can be that a law explainer. Uh, you, you made it so much creepier that she's like <laughs> she's like grooving off his energy. She's like, oh yeah, that's that that's sweet that's sweet that, daddy yeah. dragon energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which is is like john you're actually going to get that next episode because they've got a whole episode of eldora's uh, point of view coming up yeah it's, that's going to be airing Ooh, like yeah, tomorrow or something oh I, okay i'm hitting the button for something better but unfortunately next in our list is, is mysterious girl for decks i mean <laughs> you could have made a sl- <laughs> such an easy slime uh uh Oh god! There. That yeah. time in Kai- that time I got reincarnated as a girl's mouth it's slime. Time for me to check out uh, again later. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, John. You're going to a better place than us. I mean, I'm, I'm also sure. going to check out because I have not watched this anime in what like five, six. I kind of like it. I, I mean, I, I'm yeah, say I that. enjoyed it. I will put it my hands like hands up. I enjoyed this anime. I just can't remember a fucking thing about it. Yeah. Apart from, I guess. There's some kids out there with a weird fetish for spit and scissors. I mean, uh, like... yeah, duh. I... Yes. So I watched this back at we we brought it up during the summer, and I and I watched this again back in like I think Septemberish, yeah. Um, and then Duncan watched it, and then Jeff watched it, and so this has become become one of our infamous like bird in a bag uh, anime. Uh, I think that's... are you the most recent one to watch it, Duncan? Um, I think i yeah i think uh jeff t- talked about it and just in passing and i thought oh, that sounds interesting and so i decided oh, well let's watch this and find out if it's as as absurd as its premise says and frankly i i, th- I honestly think it's not really that like it's su- superficially <laughs> choose your words carefully yeah, Duncan. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so superficially it has like this quite uh disgusting vile yeah. off-putting <laughs> creepy i think creepy is a good word like this this very these two people doing this this thing which like 
Yeah, the drool it's bond. Not... <laughs> it's not. Do we want, to... want to explain this? Yeah, yeah let's, I, let's, I think let's, we need let's an let's explanation. explanation. Again, yeah, just, just. Uh, guy eats girl's spit because he thinks she's weird. Uh, he gets addicted to her spit, and they become like weird quasi boyfriend and girlfriend. And I mean, then things yeah, happen. She's kind of like a succubus, almost like just living off of the. Well, one well, of the things. I think both me and Duncan like that we never really understand why he gets this, like, drool bond. It's treated mm -hmm. very matter-of-factly. But I, I always assumed it, it was sort of a destiny kind of thing. Oh, fuck it. I'm talking like I'm there, but I really... <laughs> Lied to us, Andy. Like, I think I'm the thing is, it. <laughs> it's like, the big surprise I had was, like, it has quite this, as you say, like, this, this quite etchy premise to it. Like, oh, boy and girl, exchanging bodily fluids and all that jazz. But it's actually kind of sweet and pure which is like okay where did that come from that and they're actually kind of shy and actually don't like holding hands or giving each other a hug is too much just like in every other high school romance anime it's uh it's it's kind of strange like it, like sets itself up as oh this is going to be sort of a little bit uh little bit edgy a little bit uh uh taboo but actually it's they're just as chaste and uh uh uh, embarrassed by every little thing as every other high school anime. There was actually I I started reading the manga before I watched the anime, and there was actually a end of chapter thing by the author who said, "Well, he he wrote it because to him, the experience of of your first girlfriend, you just have absolutely no context as what to expect because society has told you like uh, girls are like this completely different unfathom unfathomable thing, and so." I decided to make an uh, a show where the uh, the heroine really is like unfathomable, and he doesn't understand why he likes her. He and like right, and her and her boundaries are completely inscrutable. Where he never mm -hmm. knows like if he's gonna do if he's gonna do something that she's like, oh yeah, that's whatever, or like whip out her panty scissors and uh, destroy something nearby him. But yeah, yeah, no, I I, I love that it's the I. What I like best about Mysterious Girlfriend X is the like allegory of 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 young romance where like you don't know you don't know what these things are and you don't know what's what's licit and what's not and just the power of just getting to kiss someone is is mysterious and unbelievable and the fact that it like literally becomes this like medium through which you can communicate with her by just ingesting your spit mm -hmm. ugh, is <laughs> It, I don't know. It's it it's it's so very much... it's very kind hearted and very and very like earnest in a way that anime is often not earnest about about love because oftentimes it's like we're not going to show anymore. But you know what happens when <laughs> when we cut this scene, right? And yeah, it's going to be spit in her mouth all night. Yeah. <laughs> Why? No. <laughs> you guys realize that just from like long distance. You guys shots. realize that when you kiss, you're exchanging saliva, right? I mean that's what it is. It's like it's like, yeah, but, but you're not the medium, drinking the, medium the saliva of... out of a test tube hours after. You could the fact, try it though. Maybe which, it's like, the same. Give me like serious like dry heat. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it doesn't help that they like do this like weird backlight effect on the spit, so it's always like glistening. It's like it looks like mercury coming out of her mouth, and yeah, and it always there's always this like weird shimmering sound, like this as as he's like looking at it or it's like running down this is stuff. why i never watched the show yeah, it's, for the record i just well it, it it's <clears throat> I, I would argue as a as a scholar of gross anime shit that it's like trying to defamiliarize what is an incredibly common like we all have spit 
Like, if you don't have spit, you die. I assume. I'm not a biologist. <laughs> just a scholar of gross shit. Um, Your tongue shrivels up and falls but... out. That's what happens. I mean, I assume, like, when I get thirsty, I get really thirsty. So, like, if I was, like, all the way thirsty, I think that's death. Uh, but... All the way. I am not go first. But... I mean, I mean that, that, that metaphor does carry on in the show. Yeah. Because he he falls in love and literally goes into like like detox if he doesn't like drink her spit. Right. She shows up at his house and is like, "You got to drink my spit." And he's like, "What?" He's like, "No, no, 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 nani." And she's like, which "Shut is, up." Which is a weird thing because it makes it sound like it's something that's happened before. I don't know whether that ever comes up again. I don't think it does. I am very curious but... with the manga because I know the manga has like a lot of it goes a lot deeper and has a lot more weird shit. And there's also the lookalike girl is like a big part of the manga but doesn't really figure that much in the show except for the one episode well so. one thing i thought that was kind of interesting because i also read a few chapters of the manga as well the show especially in the first couple of episodes really goes out of its way to sort of uh have what's the what's the yuriba is that her name uh yurabe yurabe like they will constantly have her in shots position next to like a poster of uh like an alien or she has like a little ufo bangle on her bag or something like that and they're just kind of like hinting at the fact that oh maybe she's an alien maybe she's an alien but like yeah like they never actually do the like the the like like the twist of the show is that there is no twist like she is just a weird girl yeah yeah, that's, that's that's what I love about it because like because like I've talked to people who've seen this and been like, oh, I was really wondering like when we'd get to find out about like her being an alien, blah blah blah, and like I'm so glad that we don't. And instead, mm-hmm. like like I was going to say before I got sidetracked on uh, how human bodies work, uh, that like like spit is like a medium for like kissing and like manual and oral sex and like there's like this weird like it it. The spit is the the th- dynamic of the spit's what makes her weird. It's not that because she's weird, she has weird spit. Like it's it's starting up from from these basic like human building blocks that we know about love, and it's not interested in like who is Arabe and why does she have these weird issues because that's not something you like. I mean, as you get older, you're like, why is this girl so fucked up when you're having like a terrible relationship with them? But when you're a kid, you're like, oh man, this is strange. I hope she likes me next day, next time we hang out. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like, that's that's one criticism that I have of the show is that the the boy character is like the entirety of what the show is interested in, like his thoughts and his feelings and his reactions. Like, there's like a there's a uh, a physiological reaction called limnance. I think it's I think it is where limnance. limerence where you actually have like physical dependency issues on the presence of somebody else like it is you know thought to be like a physiological explanation for the concept of heartbreak and the concept of like lovesickness where you will like physically have a reaction if you're not around a person and i kind of got the idea or got the sense that that was something that the author was interested in and the spit bond was kind of a way for him to like just jump to that thing without having to worry too much about the the relationship because the relationship itself like it's it's a it's a relationship that would only be like desirable if you were 17 and had literally never spoken to a girl before yeah. because it seems like hell like he has no idea what he, what 
like she wants like she has no interest in being interested in being understood by him like she has this weird one way like almost vampiric relationship with him where like she knows everything about him because she can like taste his spit and just know everything whereas he will just get sick if he doesn't get her spit and sometimes has like a physical reaction to how her I thought it went well, well, no, if, if, eventually minutes. once she once once he tastes her spit he once she tastes his spit she can read uh she reads it like so there there is like a, a bilateral thing it's just that she clearly has issues the same issues that make her not want to smile in photographs and cut them up if you try to take a photograph of her mm-hmm. um but like never... i love that shit uh, <laughs> and like i i i think you talked about this offline but like it really seems like the what is it it's not what's that fucking band the not culture club the one where it's like not everybody listened to the band but everybody who did started a band oh velvet underground velvet underderground that like <laughs> the, a lo- like every like supernatural high school romance show from the last 15 years has everything to owe to mysterious girlfriend x because like monogatari like dr- like pulls heavily from this show like the weird girl with strange issues and fucking scissors in her underpants is like the primary love interest uh the bunny girl senpai same kind of thing where like you know oh here's this weird girl who has these like strange issues and i'm drawn to her and i'm like weirdly uniquely positioned to help her out with them and it's my first real relationship and all this other kind of stuff like and it's and it's interesting too because like mysterious girlfriend x puts out this aura of being older than it is in Mm -hmm. no small part because the art is is dated in a in a late 80s way that is really striking and kind of makes it seem out of time like not part of Mm -hmm. the lineage of our our march from adam from a tetsuan adam to uh the konosuba movie or whatever sort of descent of man you want to put there i mean i wonder if part of that is if he's drawing like he he's the author has, has said he's he's like drawing this about the experience of like having your first girlfriend. I wonder if he's like deliberately drawn stylistically for the time he was, how old he, the styles he saw when he was having his first girlfriend. Well, let's go ahead and move. <laughs> I was hoping that we'd have a pretty natural transition from mysterious girlfriend X to high school girl, but we don't have one. Um, love, weird girl doesn't doesn't communicate her needs properly um <laughs> clueless dipshit guy anime so yeah uh after last year complaining that high score girl was not available on any outlet netflix picked it up branded it as a netflix original series and is the <laughs> distributor of the three uh, extra stage episodes that supposedly notionally finished the plot of the first core so, I watched this back when it was airing. Andy, are you all the way caught up? You've watched all of it? I've watched all of it up to where it aired, but I haven't finished the last three episodes. Um, oh, so I'll just be talking into a void by then. Uh, and Duncan <laughs> just watched it too. Yeah. Duncan I, is in a void. Un- <laughs> unlike you, I haven't uh, got the most recent free. I, I've, I never watched it when it uh, originally, quote-unquote, aired um, well, it was hard I, to watch. I had to pirate every single episode. Yeah. So. I just sort of, after I'd finished um, uh, Mysterious Girlfriend X, I, I just wanted to to see. I remember you and uh, talking about how uh, uh, 
high school girl was quite a um a sweet and p- sweet uh, story of like people not quite understanding what love it their first love is and just like managing to dance around ev- uh, uh every issue who where they ju- they 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 do they just don't seem to understand why they're they're acting like the way they are. They just do it. I mean, like the 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 most heinous anime denial of of feelings ever. Like, yeah, if, if, if they could just say, "Well, I really like you," it would instead of punching each other and uh, sometimes he's punching each other's characters. Um, it's it's like it's like that. Is it um, what's the aggressive dare? Uh... I mean, uh, like, I guess Tsundere is the one that punches. So unless, yeah, unless it's, it's unless it's Yandere, and then they have a knife, not a not a fist. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, what I liked about it is it was setting up what seemed like a very a very earnest and well grounded love triangle where where Haro is not very Haro, the main character, who is a kind of like your typical shitty like early teens boy who is obsessed with video games and he's reasonably good at them and he has a lot of like kind of industry knowledge some of it real some of it fake and that's how he relates to people and he happens to find this one girl who um is never talks which is something we'll talk about later how that's bad maybe i just stole my own thunder there um and but is also like obsessed with games and he forges a really strong bond over her and then when she leaves um he ends up hanging out with this other girl who's not into games but isn't to him and therefore gets into games to to get close to him and kind of how that love triangle works out once akira the girl who uh left comes back and yeah i don't know it ended on a really nice note of the uh the girl who got into games to get into haro uh uh like her her being like look i like you so play me and if if i win we go out and if I don't, I'll leave you alone. And that was where it left off. And I was really excited. Like, Oh, three more episodes. So we'll get, we'll get a payoff for that arc. And yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, (laughs) if no one else has watched it, I don't want to say what happens or say how I felt about it. But I mean, in my head, it went either two ways. It went, it went the way you think it went. I don't, either went, she wins. And then she realizes that this is not the correct way to force someone to love her. Or Haru wins and then confesses his love to the Ojo character who I can't remember her name. Why not both and neither? <laughs> oh good. <laughs> why not why not he wins because he enjoys playing games and she just made herself play games. And right. then why not her refusing to give up on him after that fight? And then everyone's saying, Well, he obviously didn't want to go out with her, even though she's great, because you like Ono. Oh, uh, Akira Ono, the the silent games girl, and he's like, "That's bullshit." And then they keep hanging out, and that's the end of the. Yeah, it's it completely. We found out recently that this got renewed for a second core, and I think that my theory is that they knew this beforehand, and the uh, the three episodes were meant to like kind of be a bridge to turning this into just a static love triangle, as opposed to a situation that needed re- immediate resolution. Um, the only part i truly enjoyed in the extra ovas was when um ono's older sister um who's kind of a like cranky like 
the slovenly girl archetype where she like wears shorts and like scratches her tummy and has like shark teeth when she yells. Um, she gave him the game Tokimeki Memorial to like figure out how to play, how to uh, get, understand girls. And then when he goes to play it, like Hidaka, uh, Hidaka, the, uh, the girl who got into games to get close to him and the girl he actually likes, older sister, and his mom are all sitting on the bed behind him, like, giving him shit for how bad he is at, like... Because he's, like... Because <laughs> uh, he, like, takes a girl to an arcade for a date, and she... And and they're like, oh, good, go to the crane games. He's like, nah, I'm gonna go to the fighting games. That's what I like. And they're like, that sucks. She'll, <laughs> she'll hate that. And he's like, I want to be honest to myself. And they're like, you're not gonna get a girl that way. He's like, whatever. I got Ono and Hidaka that way. And then she hates it. And then another girl's like, hey, do you want to walk home with me? And he's like, no, that'd be really embarrassing. Uh, is the answer he gives and they're like what why would you turn her down he's like i want to stay faithful to the girl i went to the arcade with and then she turns him down and he ends up alone at the end of the game and they're like man you <laughs> they man you suck haro like that's the that was the best part but that's because the mom is there who's a great character the mom voiced is so by, fucking good <laughs> she's voiced by uh what's her face uh hata from sidakai yaku and domo and kuroko from uh index and railgun and she's got that weird old lady voice and she like it's just like a, a super, super randy mom who just wants Haro to like succeed and have a good life. And it's just funny. So I don't know. I'm I'm mad that the OVAs are just obviously such like a such a sandbagging thing. But we'll get a whole nother season. So who knows? Maybe they'll fall in love then. <laughs> I mean, for a start, I would probably say that it is based off a manga and the manga is still going. So maybe they were just like, we're going to keep true to the faithful to the manga as opposed to creating an original anime ending, which... So, which they could have totally done. Um, I mean, my, my guess is, like I said, that they that they were going to aim for original one, but then Netflix picked them up, and so they they made this OVA instead to oh like shit. to like retcon <laughs> the ending. But um, it, I don't know if I agree with that. Sorry, because the Netflix OVAs that got announced like it felt like it was December time when the uh, it came out on Netflix over here, and then it got picked up by Netflix then, and then. The second season you said was announced in October, so I don't know if I really believe that. I don't know. I just think that there are there are several obvious points where they undercut their own development, which I could definitely see a line being changed um, to from from "I like you, oh no" to "Let's see what happens, oh no." Um, oh no. So, so that sort of thing. There's like a lot of there's like a lot of points where because like after after uh, Haro beats uh, beats uh, Hidaka, uh, he's uh, he like goes over and he just starts talking shit to her and she like beats him and she's like I'm so angry and I've I've tried really hard and I just want you to notice me and you're still like even after playing all these games all you notice is yourself and all you think about is how you did and and then she like runs away and as she's running away she's like and I'm gonna rematch you again later and I feel like that was a dubbed in line because uh that like took what was a closure of her being like you never notice me this isn't worth my time and be like i'm not giving up i'm gonna keep coming back later to make you notice me so i don't know i feel like there are a few minor script changes that could change that could change scenes with actual closure to scenes with to scenes that are just like who knows maybe next time i think like sometimes something being successful isn't necessarily good for it (laughs) Mm -hmm. i think well i've Endings are so important, and no one is good at endings, broadly speaking. And it's so easy just to be like, uh, more of the same. So I, yeah, I, I don't know if it was actually them retconning an original script that had a proper ending, but it definitely 
sapped the feeling of these of these OVAs for them to clearly be sandbagging for a second season that's going to come out in six months. So, shrug. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I I, I I wouldn't know. I haven't seen the last bits, but I the thing I really loved about High School Girl was the fact that um, your main worry when you started the series was that it was just sort of like a, a normal romance but then it has video games in because hey why not i like to play people like video games and it's a bit of a nostalgia trip yeah it's dagashi kashi with video games yeah and in some ways it is still that but then also the way that they use video games as a way of them having conversations and them realizing each other's emotions i think is a really uh nice touch that i think means that when they apply to get all the ridiculous amounts of video game references from capcom and snk and uh and uh square enix i felt that it was a worthwhile investment because without those cultural touchstones and without those games it would have just been a a normal romantic high school comedy yeah if it was if it was like lord of battlers instead of king of fighters it would it would it would be weird and chintzy but i mean and there is like in the final episode haro does say like oh like this has made me realize like video games aren't just about having fun they're about they're about finding common ground with people and finding ways to connect with people who can't otherwise talk to you which unfortunately in the show is literal because ono never never speaks a word and only like grunts and cries and frowns mm-hmm. so uh, so what is the the hist- like the actual publication history of high school girl was it like a like just like a a webcomic or was it, it was a did it go through the machine it was a so manga like, first. Like the, okay. Yeah, and and the and the original thing was I think I've mentioned this on the show, but he the author used un, without any um, approval from anybody. Uh, I think it was a Square Enix manga as well. Uh, they use he used sort of like references, actual visual references to Street Fighter, ghouls, ghouls and ghosts, and all that kind of stuff, and then they tried to make it into an anime got asked for the permissions from capcom or whatever and they were like what no you can't do that and then a big lawsuit came about for copyright yeah between uh, square enix and snk snk is mm. the one who who came after them for king of fighters samurai showdown street fighter that sort of stuff but they came to an agreement after about a year so in august late august 2015 they agreed they like came with a licensing deal because like i kind of get the sense with high score high score girl and also Mysterious Girlfriend X, that they both sort of became a, uh, like, somebody is like, okay, I need to, like, think of a big thing to capture people's attention because, you know, you get one chance at the big league, so I'm going to come up with this, like, really weird scenario. Like, okay, this there's this Ojo girl who doesn't talk but is really good at video games, and that's, that's the high concept of my thing. That And then it became successful, and he's struggling to to keep up that premise like similarly with mysterious girlfriend the you know they sort of like have the whole arc of like the first couple of episodes in the in that chapter zero where it's like oh i i connected with her and we had this real drool bond and like it didn't seem like something that they ever really thought they would have to pay off or like actually you know keep up the pretense or think that hard about it was just like oh here's this weird thing that'll get people to talk about it and make them remember it and like Duncan was saying like some things do not survive first contact with success and just kind of fall apart because the you know they're not on a very solid foundation I assume that 
that at least with high score girl there was some there was some getting caught off guard because like you don't publish other like screen caps from video games in a manga and expect to get away with it in this day and age and especially because the manga started running in 2010 so like living but deep in the age hi- of it went to hiatus apologies it went on hiatus for a bit i don't know whether it, i think it's off hiatus now but it did no go it was it was off hiatus. It, it was off hiatus in after the lawsuit was settled in august and it's and it actually finished in um september of last year so mm-hmm. um so yeah um but yeah i don't know i i like that there was a, a goth lowly girl who came out of the shadows to teach uh to teach hitaka how to fight even if like of course, Hiroka can't win because she doesn't love games like like the shitty gatekeeping boy loves games. But shrug. <sighs> well, that was quite an adventure. How about we take a break and then come back to pitch John, who is reclining magnificently. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry, uh, I just do not care. About I know, I know, you don't like them love. <laughs> uh, but yeah, come back and we'll talk about what anime we're going to watch for our next spotlight. I, my concern with Konosuba is that at some point they're gonna they're gonna have to shade into the content where uh, where <laughs> Kazuma and Megumin start being romantically involved, and that's gonna be bad. <laughs> oh, this this arc is all about Megumin, so I think that's this arc then, Ben. Great, great. I can stop recommending this show to people. <laughs> Why does this art look bad? This art is bad. I don't Wait, like what? it. Wait, for who? What? Wait, what? Hold on. I'm fucking linking it. Give me two seconds! Huh? What? Who are you? Where am I? What's going on? Need to find out what I'm actually pitching. Uh, it dude. looks so bad. What the fuck is this? It's a Katsuba. Oh, weird. So I put their fucking Ooh, faces. Aqua's face is weird. They're all weird. They're all weird. Yeah. What? They look like somebody like batch selected them and shrank them, <laughs> or like that thing where like you take the nose out and move them out. <laughs> okay, so I've seen a, a animated one and they don't look like that. So I, th- no, I no, think no, they look just fine in the anime. I just like here I'll link that too for posterity. Okay, that's really weird. It's just that that's like an official movie poster apparently, and it's just yeah, real bad. It's not a season but, three. It, I was right. It's not a season three. It's a it's yeah, a movie. It's a movie. But this looks fine. Like, this looks like the normal stuff. All normal. Anyway, Megamoon is best waifu, so it's okay. Shut up. <laughs> oh, God. I forgot, like... The, fir- the, the, the first thing jail. we see is is Megamoon's friend, Union, and her, like, little floppy tits jiggle forward as she leans over. God, I... Uh, fucking yeah, dude, anime. Well, that's Konosuba. Have you forgotten what that Yeah, is? I forgot I forgot the, uh, <laughs> the... What's his name? The, like, Adventures Hall lady who just, like, literally looks like she... Like, someone just melted a bunch of wax into a into a coffee filter <laughs> oh man there's so much jiggle in this thing that's all i can see now yeah well you did it to yourself and we're back for the second half of our podcast we'll be pitching spotlight proposals to john who had our last podcast spotlight as Bungo street dogs 
I made this cocktail too strong. <laughs> <laughs> what, that word cocktail you just spat out? <laughs> Basically. Andy, why don't you take us away from this? Yeah, sure thing. I'm going to pitch an anime. So, uh, I can't remember what it was. There was a point in which someone said that John doesn't like romance anime, and I'm like... The entire podcast? I, I don't know if that's so true, so I'm going to pitch... A romantic comedy, which I think everybody here universally adores. And uh, I think we should all watch the amazing anime Princess Jellyfish. Uh, the Jose... Thief. Si- Pardon? Thief. <laughs> Thief. <laughs> Thief. <laughs> Wait, you let me go first, buddy. I know. Give, I'll give Fuck. you five minutes to find no, something No, else no, no. Okay, I, I'm not listening to this. Go keep talking. <laughs> Shit. Uh. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I fucking love this anime series uh it's about a uh a a dorm of otaku who are all into their own little things and then it is this one uh the main female the main character uh whose name has escaped me uh sukimi she loves jellyfish and she's a huge jellyfish otaku and then a cross-dressing guy comes into her life uh saves a jellyfish by buying it uh and then it sort of is a romantic comedy about her a cross-dressing guy who uh inhabits this sort of all-female dorm and their relationship the and then also the additional drama of the dorm being uh being bought out by a real estate um and they because they want to rebuild and they don't want the the they obviously don't want to sell it because it's their home and it's their little lives. And uh, it's sweet. It's adorable. It's funny. It's got its heart in all the right places. And apart from the slightly, like, cliched ending, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into, I think it's wonderful. I think it's really funny and I really love this show. And I haven't seen it in fucking ages, so I'd love to watch it again. I would argue it's not a romance anime. It just happens to have romance in it. It's about owning who you are. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. I mean, anyway. the, the, the genre if, if, gets something different out of it. Yay! <laughs> if, if every anime with romance in it was a romance anime, there wouldn't be anything else. Maybe there isn't. Not true. There's, <laughs> there, not true. There'd be there'd be everything else. And there'd be K-On! and that'd be all. So, <laughs> right. Anyway, off to you, go Ben. On. Good luck. Hope you found someone else. Yeah, Ooh. I did my best. Um, <laughs> so when my pick got stolen from me. Uh, I immediately thought of what else I wanted to pitch. And I keep, ever since Lane, um, I've had Nia under seven in my head a lot, but it would be really weird for us to watch that immediately afterwards. So I thought of a different anime where a weird space alien uh, adopts a depressed and anxious person, and they kind of work towards a sort of allegorical resolution of that person's problems. And so I am improbably pitching Suritama. Uh, when I watched this like way back in like 2013, I hated it. I thought it was overly precious. I thought it had it turned really sharply towards the serious. And um, I thought that a lot of the uh, performances and tropes weren't really executed well. Nevertheless, I'm at a point where I would like to reassess it. And I know that it is an anime that John has a, a reasonable amount of fondness for. I pissed and it once before, in fact. What? I pissed it before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's not, it's about, it's this alien comes and he like has a fishbowl on his head and it's got a water gun. <laughs> and well, he's not, 
not explicitly an alien just it's very obvious from how the plot structures it that he's an alien yeah um and he, like this really anxious guy who's got this great uh they've got this great visual metaphor of like whenever he like gets anxious or angry like you see like water starting to drown him like this the frame fills up and like we have this alien come and be like teach me to be master fisherman and there's also some elements that don't work like a weird uh south asian guy who has a duck called tapioca who's observing <laughs> who's observing them <laughs> but but i don't know like it's it's set in, in enoshima and it's it's by it's like got a great film pedigree and i i would like to watch it again having kind of spent half a decade away from it and not thought about it at all and i think it's i don't know i i, I would like to see what john sees in it and so i would like to watch it as a spotlight and that's not me currying favor with John. I would just like to hash that with John about Suryatama. And we're not going to talk about it unless we spotlight it. So, meh, meh. Duncan. Um, so, I think uh, John should pick uh, Land of the Lustrous. And, like, so this show, we've talked about it briefly on the cast before, but we never really. He, finished finished the discussion we we got started when it was getting interesting when we'd met the the the, its cast on their strange weird future where there's no real humans there's just sentient gems and where no one really has a purpose and so they all find have this like sense of almost not melancholy, but it's it's like everyone's slightly sad, but not not in like an, an obvious way. It's just a very strange. I don't know if haunting's like the right word, but uh, a very strange, odd world and odd, strange, odd people who live in it, and into all of that is thrown uh, Phospholite, or Phos for short, uh, who is like the one of the best, most adorable uh, anime protagonists to have popped up in the last couple of years. They are just this young, 300-year-old, who's just coming in with just absolute, complete satisfaction with who they are initially they they just come in and they think i really like who i am i'm I'm just gonna be me but then they they start to wonder is that actually enough do i need to become more than i am now and the whole series has this strange arc of Foss slowly finding out they it that in order to change they have to give things up and every time they give something something up it changes the way they view themselves others view them and it's yeah it's it's a really strange melancholy and deep series which also can just be if you want it to be just a a a weird adventure hijinks with them good gem butts. Um, they, they are so, good butts. Yeah. And I, I just think it's like, it's something you can engage with on whatever level you feel like on a, on a given day that you can just enjoy it as a, as a light, um, light sort of healing anime at moments. And then it can have, I think that's almost it. Like its structure is, is really 
at times you think it's going to be a healing anime and then it has these huge traumas out of nowhere and like that like it's always incredibly peaceful and then just crack something happens and someone's hurt and how do they adapt from that and it's like that's not even without going into like the craft of the show which is like for like years we've just talked about like our 3d cgi it's just like doesn't hold up in anime and then you have this show which comes along and just completely shows that when you use it appropriately it can be amazing like you get these fight scenes which where the camera swoops and just rotates around characters in ways you just couldn't do with with 2g 2g 2d (laughs) second generation mobile technology yeah (laughs) My smart, it's like my smartphone's turned into a gem. I don't know. I'm making new <laughs> Um But yeah, it's it's just like this show which you can get whatever you want out of, and which whichever whatever facet of it you want to talk about, you can. I just think it's it's held up incredibly well, and I would like to delve deeper into it. And it's yeah, it's both sweet and disturbing. Is there, a way shows of, are. Yeah, is there a way out of interest uh, to legally stream it in the UK? Is it not still on Crunchy? It was never on Crunchy in the UK. Wasn't it? It was banned. Nope. Banned? <laughs> no, not banned. Blocked. It was blocked okay. in the UK. No. It's on It's on Prime in, uh, in the US right now. But yes, it looks like it was only a, a, t- a temporary license for Crunchy. I don't even think it was ever on Crunchy because I could never I, watch it. Well, I mean, in the US, in the US, it was only temporary. So yeah. Oh, uh, right. Okay. Suritama, Suritama is on Crunchy, by the way, and Funimation. If you want to hear the their fucking heinous dub of it, <laughs> <laughs> isn't that always Funimation's uh, mo? Funimation's made good dubs, and if you give me two weeks, I'll find some of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I enjoy that next that list. Uh... <laughs> Fuck, I'm I'm committed. Jeff, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of unfinished conversations about shows that are preoccupied with the growth of weirdos, I think we should talk about Kizumonogatari. Um, it is the uh, it's a it stands well it stands alone well. It is like the far and away the horniest and the shaftiest of the Monogatari series. Uh, it's a decent entry point for anybody who hasn't been following the whole series. And it's a lot of fun. It's That's uh, pretty cool movies. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, uh, three yeah. short-ish movies, movies uh, about the time that our unlikable hero, Araragi, tries to feed himself to a vampire, accidentally becomes a vampire, and then fights a number of other vampires and half vampire vampire slayers to save the life of a vampire 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 i'm being called out for not watching this for our tween aren't i and also i specifically wanted to watch this with john and now this is my <laughs> this is my gambit to get him to actually watch it <laughs> right this is the this is the movie that caused the uh the online petition of like make Araragi less sexy he's too <laughs> yeah. sexy He's got this really nice abs. You've, <laughs> you've, you've laid a John Chap and you've baited it well. <laughs> I mean, I think we all did. Maybe not. You're all horrible people. I'm, I'm a great person. You all pick Just... something I like, so, you know. <laughs> I mean, uh, shock horror. How could we yeah. do that to you? Horror shock. 
I didn't. I I just I just wanted to pick something. I want. You just looked at my head, Andy, and stole. <laughs> what can I stole say? the thing I pitched last? I was going to pitch last week and then changed. I mean, you should have pitched it anyway, so we could hear know, why you liked I, it. No, no. So then I'll, we could I'll, have a weird double pick the two weeks after. <laughs> yeah, that was great when it happened with Princess Kaguya. So. John, I don't fucking know, man. Also, also, <laughs> also, so I don't forget this next time. Uh, Bacano is a good dub. The Steinsgate dub is a good dub. Uh, Spice and Wolf is fine. The Helsing dub is fine. Um, Black Lagoon fine is, is fine. Good. Fuck you, Andy. I'm doing it's, my best I mean, it's here. True. It, I was gonna say it, but then I didn't say it. Fine is not good. Oh, okay. Fair warning: Keys of Monogatari is available exclusively through three ninety-dollar Blu-rays. So. Oh fuck me! <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm gonna buy them, and then the second you started talking, I remembered it's Anaplex. Yeah. Uh, Why yep. is it ninety dollars for a fucking movie? Mm. Anaplex. Because they're because they because they can. <laughs> nice job, Andy. Yeah, because they can. Because because anime is luxury good, John. Oh my god. Yep. Yeah, you don't you don't need Netflix. anime to survive. I wish so. Anaplex would die. But then I don't know. Like, no, because that would that would like they're an important production company in Japan. It's just Anaplex America right, should die. Right, that's the problem. Yeah, it's like yeah, when yeah. Bandai America died, that should happen to Anaplex. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck me. I don't know. Uh, I mean, Duncan knew I wasn't going to pick Land of the Lustrous, so that's unfortunate mm-hmm. for him. That's too bad. I was kind of hoping to be forced to watch it, but yeah, I would have been nice to have watched that. But I also but this isn't this isn't a democracy. It's a rotating dictatorship. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> do you want me to do this. the game and then it's we come fault. back for the final? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do the game and then right. John can come back with our answer. Okay, do it. Okay, so I like it's like format. a rotating democracy. Does the, the the host get like chucked into a volcano at the end or something? It's uh, <laughs> a peaceful transition of power. Yes. He realizes that he's actually killed everybody and then he has to kill himself because he did a lie against the law or something. Is this a Remember reference that? to Tito's journey? Oh my god. I've forgotten that show. Uh, good. I've I, 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 I returned it back to my to my prelapsarian. Oh, Kino's is like a really respected anime that people like. <laughs> and not and not like our stupid museum of war sort of things. Right, guys, regular feature time. As we all know, there is a we have to start off with my little disclaimer. <clears throat> Seriously, you guys let me do this again. Girl, you fucked up. Anything beyond this point is incredibly tasteless, but could be used as a very nice YouTube mini animation, which could really help us go viral. Please. <laughs> please let us be popular. Just, just a little bit. Just a, li- just a little I don't bit. I po- don't, don't want a popular podcast. It's even, bad. Even like... <laughs> I said do, dumb shit. They can do the pictures instead of me. <laughs> <laughs> right, so... After that's out of the way, right, my feature this week is, uh, and I'm sure you guys all know that one of my favorite podcasts is BitSocket, so I'm stealing their most popular feature, which is uh, Is It Canon? And today's Is It Canon is the well-known anime series Ampan Man. Who knows anything about Ampan Man? You do? Yeah, (laughs) I do, because it's fucking insane. Um, so, if you've never heard of this series, basically, I just have a bunch of questions. You guys got to tell me what you think your answer is. They're all based on the hit series Ampan Man, um, which is one of the most popular and beloved an- uh, anime series in the whole of Japan. And uh, you guys will uh, laugh. Um, so, oh, real quick, Ampan Man is a kids superhero anime where a guy with a bean bun head well, 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 saves well, people. Well, 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 
that's that's you know let me i was gonna we have we have it. we have listeners who need but to know what ben, the fuck's going on ben, maybe was that I, think, canon I think that or not? that was probably one or yeah, two was of that his... canon? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <sorry. laughs> <laughs> never mind Ampan Man is the titular main character of the anime, whose head is made of a bread bun. Thanks, Ben. When he is defeated, his head becomes mouldy and beaten. But how is he healed? A. Has a long bath. B. His red head is ripped off from his shoulders, thrown in the bin, and then replaced with another bread bun. Or C. A pep talk with his friends makes him believe again, and he magically becomes revived. Hmm. B. B. Which 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 one was make a new head? I want B. he needs to make yeah, a new head. B. Yeah, B makes a new head. Yeah, it's B. It's fucking, which is weird. I just the, the body <laughs> horror. That's horrifying. Yeah, that's yeah. horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> in each in each episode, Ampan Man fights with Biking Man and saves people. Which uh, a Biking Man is an evil anthropomorphic representation of what? A bacteria. B jam. C other bits of bread. I'm going to say other bits of bread. I'm guessing germs because jam is too British to to be real. So, I mean, you know, this is the first time where someone's lost a point, whoever it was, because it is bacteria, uh, which is weird. Um, Right. Ampan Man has lots of friends. But which one of these is not a real friend? Shokupan Man, Roll Panner, Hot Dog, Cream Panda, Cheese, Uncle Jam. Now you see, you put the jam thing in there to trip us up. Jam, yeah. Go through that list again. Yeah, I didn't guess. Slower. Shokupan man. Roll panner. Hot dog. Cream panda. Cheese. Uncle Jam. I'm going to go with cheese, to be honest. I'm guessing Shokupan man, because... Andy is notorious for loving Shakutan, so I think, I think it's, it's either yeah. cheese, cheese or hot dog. But I'm gonna go with cheese. Yeah, I'm also gonna go with cheese. <laughs> well, I have you know that cheese is the dog of Uncle Jam, and uh, the real keep your friends the dog though. Really, is it is it an actual <laughs> slice of cheese? <laughs> no, it's a dog. It's just a dog. Okay, yeah. Uh, the answer is hot dog. Is the fake oh, one? Fuck, that I see, just... oh man. <laughs> Does Japan even have hot dogs? Should have said hot. They, they uh, have corn dogs. hot dogs. They have yeah, corn dogs because I used to buy they them all the time from Seven. All oh, right, because the because the because the uh, the world hot dog eating champions currently from Japan. So damn right it is. Right. Okay, though. I'll, for real though, my Google search for hot dogs in Japan has pulled up some really amazing looking hot dogs. So yeah. <laughs> uh, if you ever come to Vancouver, Japa Dog is like one of the uh, the famous yes. things. A, a video says, "Get a taste of Canada's Japan style hot dogs." So, I'm going to watch this after the vid- after the podcast. <laughs> yeah, put that in the show notes. Uh, which which one of these is not a real Anpan Man ending? Anpan Man gymnastics dreaming version. Do do re mi fa Anpan Man. Goddamn Anpan Man or Christmas Valley. Goddamn Anpan Man. No swearing in Anpan Man. Yeah, I'm going to go with A. What was A? <laughs> I don't remember. Ampan Jam Mystics Gymnastics. <laughs> yeah, that one, that one, that one, that one. Yeah. Well, a. unfortunately, you're wrong, John, because uh, it's goddamn Ampan Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, Ampan Man has inspired a lot of things, but which one is not true? The Korean pop band BTS, the manga One Punch Man, or the Pokemon Mr. Mime? BTS. 
What, was, what were they again? Can you say it again? Sorry, I tried the to pay co- attention. But... A, <laughs> A, the Korean pop band BTS. B, the manga One Punch Man. C, the Pokemon Mr. Mime. I'm going to go with One Punch Man because I think you're trying to trip us up with the pun. I, I think it's Mr. Mime. Pokemon's too big for Unpun Man. But it wasn't at the time. Mr. Mr. Mime's original 150. Yeah, he's not wrong. I'm still sticking with it. You can't, you can't fool me. <laughs> I'm going with, with One Punch Man. What's what's yours, Jeff? And Duncan's just we, we all picked a different one. Yeah, Duncan just doesn't participate. Yeah, BTS. I think BTS. Duncan, are you involved? Mm, He's abstaining. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no, I'm too busy I'm... looking for gifts of Foss. <laughs> the the uh, the uh, correct answer is the Pokemon Mister Mime. Fuck yeah! Uh, hmm. One Punch Man is actually a. And the the name in Japanese is One Pan Man, which I'm is a joke. Per- on like I'm a, I'm aware. That's why I said I think you're throwing us off with a pun, but I was wrong. Yeah, it was. Yeah, right. There are currently a total of thirty full length films based on the Soryeki Anpan Man anime series. Each movie has the same general plot: a person, usually a princess, comes from a foreign land. Biking Man unlocks some dark secret and controls a weapon or monster able to polymorph people. And with the help of the aforementioned person, Ampan Man defeats the said weapon or monster. Sometimes the person dies, but is brought back to life by a tearful song from the characters. But which of these is the one that I made up? Go, Ampan Man. A. Go, Ampan Man, nyanny of the country of Dreamcats. B. Go, Anpan Man, get baked in the hot, hot desert. C, go, Anpan Man, revive Banana Island. D, go, Anpan Man, shine, Kurun, and the star of life. Or D, or E, go, Anpan Man, fly, the handkerchief of hope. <laughs> B. I was going to say Banana Island, but I think it's handkerchief of hope. I'm no, sorry. Get, get baked in the desert, whatever. That's yeah. Get baked in the hot, hot desert. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with that too. You guys are in my head. Yeah, it is B. Get beat in the hot desert. You can never but, imply that there would be drugs involved. It's yeah, that's the problem. You fucked up with that. But I was just. I, I will that- say, one of my favorite facts is that um, the longest running uh, movie series acted by a single actor is Torasan. Have you heard of Torasan? <laughs> no. Uh, the first one was called uh, Otoko Watsuraiyo. It's tough being a man. Which is about this like vagabond who always goes to Newtown and falls in love with a girl. His name's Torasan, and he's been in fifty movies. Fuck you know. <laughs> starting in nineteen sixty nine and going to twenty to two thousand and nineteen. Uh, yeah, they're amazing, and it's directed by a guy who made one of the best samurai movies ever made. Uh, so, so in between those, he like his filmography is full of shit. But yeah, he directed Twilight Samurai, Hidden Blade, and, Honor, and Love and Honor, which are great movies. And then the rest of his filmography is Torasan, the matchmaker, Foster Daddy, Torasan, Torasan's Love in Osaka, Torasan goes religious, Torasan's Island Encounter, Torasan plays Daddy, Torasan makes excuses, Torasan to the rescue, Torasan goes to Vienna, Torasan the Good Samaritan. Torasan's dream come true. I, I mean, Torasan I, loves an artist. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I mean, I, I, like, you look at the Ampan Man wiki, like, there's also, like, 26 Christmas specials, and <laughs> they're insane. Like, the names of them are, like, Ampan Man and the Christmas Valley. 
Popo's Christmas Twinkle. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how the fuck. <laughs> the Two Panners Christmas. White Kato's Christmas. Like, what the fuck? Anyway, right. Torasan the Intellectual. Torasan <laughs> meets his lordship. Torasan plays Cupid. Torasan the Expert. Torasan's Bluebird Fantasy. Yeah, Torsen gets religious looks pretty fucking bomb. That's 1983. Most of so. these sounds like like bad porn as well. Well, no, because no, because well, he always says he is he goes or he falls in love with a girl and then he realizes the girl's in love with someone else and he helps them get together and then he leaves. That's that's the plot. It's the same plot every single time. He never gets the girl. He always just goes to a town, meets a girl, discovers she's in love with another guy, helps the guy get with her, and then leaves. And it's like, oh man, I can't get a girl. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> right. It's one. It's one. The series has won one award for Torasan's Vin Love in 1984. <laughs> so, at the Moscow Film Festival. <laughs> you know. Right. Okay. Final round. It's a true or false section. Has uh, anyone be, Duncan even keeping score for us? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Uh, John is winning. Um, true or false? Right. Simple true or false round. Here you go. First one. In 2009, Ampan Man was verified as a Guinness World Record holder for the highest number of characters in an animated franchise, with a total of 1,768 characters appearing in the first 980 episodes of the TV series and the first 20 films. Um, I'm gonna go. False. I would imagine that that Hello Kitty passes that, but I I think that's a trick. I'm gonna say true. I'm gonna go false. Jeff, Duncan. Duncan. Right. Go ahead, Andy. Uh, <laughs> uh, it is true. Uh, right. Woo! During the Second World War, Takashi Yanase, who's the mangaka, faced, starv- faced starvation countless times, which made him dream about eating Ampan. This inspired the creation of Ampan Man. This is this stinks of Andy. False. False. True. <laughs> Jeff, what's the point? Because it is true. <laughs> uh, right, the villains, Biking Man, had a short-lived series of adverts highlighting STDs and how to prevent them. False, false, false please. Sex doesn't exist. <laughs> Damn it, it is false. See, that's a me lie. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, take something innocent and beautiful and make it like gross and sexy. <laughs> When Ampan Man comes across a starving creature or person, he lets them eat a part of his head to revive them. True. 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 That's very Japanese. It is true. But also, again, fucking terrifying. Like, <laughs> as a child show, I'm just like, sorry, what are you doing, man? Anyway, right. The creator of Ampan Man, Uncle Jam, is a very kind baker. He is a skilled cook with knowledge of nearly everything in the world. True. 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 Yep, you're right, it is true. But insane, Uncle Jam is <laughs> Anyway, and also, before you ask, it's Jam or Jisan in Japanese, so it's not even like the Japanese word for jam. Uh, yeah, uh, anyway. Jam, jamu, jamo, j- jamu. Jamu or Jisan. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Uncle Jam likes to perv on the female characters. Hmm. I'm going to say no because I want that to be the world I live in. <laughs> oh, but you know anime. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm gonna let's, say let's, let's all give give our spirit power to bed and try to change the world for the Come better. Come on, going <laughs> with false on that one. Yeah, you're all right. It's false. I just yeah. made it up. Thank God. Right, we did it, up. guys. We made the world better. <laughs> you beat the job, although, right? although I'm willing to bet there is at least one hentai of Uncle Jam oh, in the on. world somewhere. I mean, this isn't in it, but there was a big controversy with Osamatsu-san on the second episode, which is a huge Ampan Man-like parody. 
uh, and that is very like sexually explicit about like him pulling out his balls and stuff. Um, uh, but, e yeah. E hentai returns fourteen results for N Pen Man. So, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, right. So this is this is our last episode of the podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Right, Horror Man is a skeleton who often works with Biking Man and Dokin Chan. Although he seems scary on the outside, he's very weak and often falls to pieces. I can magically put the pieces back. True. 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 Yeah, it's true. You're all very good at the game, and that's Ampan Man. Ampan Man sounds, when you describe it to anyone, uh, it sounds fucking insane. Um, yeah, it's a very bizarre show. All the uh, all the really like long running shows are are like Sazai San is also like the longest running animation mm, in yeah. the world, and it's also just like bizarre. <laughs> at some a, point, is there a Western equivalent of a thing that's been around forever that we never don't really think twice about? Um, but everybody the only else thing I can think insane. of is like EastEnders, which is a bit <laughs> like that's been around. Or actually, more appropriate is Archers, which I think is the longest running series of anything, isn't it? And that is like a British. BBC that's a radio drama. Radio drama, and that's been going on for ages. Uh, the so, original... the, so here's the Wikipedia list of longest-running primetime television series in the U.S. Uh, it's The Simpsons with 656, and then Gunsmoke with 635, and then Law and Order with 456. Uh, to get to an animation is unfortunate. Well, Simpsons obviously, but then American Dad. Uh, uh. And uh, a couple of yeah. <laughs> wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! American Why? Dad beat Family Guy. American Dad is two hundred fifty-three episodes and it's still running. Why? But is Family? I don't Guy know ended? because because I'm not all powerful. Oh, Family Guy, yes, <laughs> three hundred twenty-four. I skipped. I was skipping around. Sorry. Mm. Right. Okay. Anyway, Lassie uh, has five hundred forty-one. <laughs> but like, okay, there you go. There's an insane show that was around forever. The super hyper intelligent two decades. That, like, yeah. That's true. Lassie is pretty fucking weird. Sazai-san is a 2000 yeah Sazai-san is unbeatable it's very strong it's ridiculous Supernatural only has 303 they need to get stronger this next season is their last one unfortunately unfortunately? yeah you sure? yeah I've watched two seasons and I still enjoy it I have not watched the newest one so what John's saying is he likes watching a long running series about hot vampires mm-hmm there aren't really vampires in that show there are just Metatron and Metatron's brother or whatever right that's Satan and Satan's brother John tell us what you picked yeah I picked Suitama cool Cool, good. The Ben John axis holds up. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Remember, rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, find us on Twitter at Keyframes Pod. Find us on Facebook. Search for Keyframes Podcast. Email us questions um, or corrections, apparently, at <laughs> keyframespodcast at gmail.com. And remember, tell a friend. But not just any friend, a friend who's really in need and wants some bread. There you go. I'm done. Bye. (laughs) A friend who keeps falling apart when you try to fight him. (laughs) A friend who hits on the female workers in his baking shop, but not because thank thank God. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God that didn't exist. Right. Bye. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.